Hello Internet, and welcome to the blog breakdown series of the Sky Simplified podcast, breaking down each blog article in 10 minutes or less. For those of y'all who don't have time to read the blogs, this podcast series will cover each important point of the blog posts, along with some fascinating asides. My name is Pranet Sharma, and I am a high school junior, as well as an absolute lover of everything astronomy. And I will be your host through our very own space-time odyssey. If this is your first time here, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please rate us. The best thing that you can do for this podcast is to share it around. So please let your family, friends, postman, neighbors, grocer, plumber, teacher, professor, anyone who you talk to know about this podcast. Now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, it's time to begin. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. So let's begin talking about these fascinating creatures. Now, black holes are probably some of the more well-known astronomical phenomena. You know, if you ask anybody on the street, what is a black hole? You're almost guaranteed an iteration of the answer. Um, aren't they those things that like suck up things in space, right? Now, while this is a popularly held opinion, it's wrong. There's no easier way to say it. A more apt way to consider black holes is the statement, things fall in them, rather than they suck things in. So black holes are essentially distortions in the space-time continuum, or basically the theory that time is a fourth dimension and that it is connected with space in a so-called continuum. And these distortions have immensely strong gravity. Its gravity is so strong that even light can't escape, and that is a true fact. Now, there are a few ways that we can visualize the strong gravity in order for you to understand it a bit better. Now, the most popular representation of the space-time continuum is like a sheet stretched over a bucket, um, and you put a ball in the middle, and that represents a planet. So, for example, if you roll a marble now on that sheet with a ball in the middle, it's most likely going to roll around the depression a little bit until it falls in all the way. Now, what a black hole is in regards to the sheet is simply a very, very, very deep depression. You need to understand it as almost a bottomless pit of infinite density. Now, we've discussed already that black holes are basically just bottomless pits, that when something falls in them, it's very hard, almost impossible to get out. But note that I'm saying almost impossible. A commonly held stigma along with that black holes suck things in is that nothing can escape black holes. But that's not completely true. Stephen Hawking proved that black holes will not hold objects forever. There's a pretty cool way that he did this. Basically, he came up with a concept of something that we now call Hawking radiation. While that may sound complicated, let me break it down for you. So the answer kind of stems from one word, antimatter. Okay, go ahead, I'm waiting. Antimatter is science fiction. It's like Star Trek, antimatter engines, right? Yes, Star Trek does have antimatter engines, but I'm here to tell you that antimatter does exist in real life. So, in 1932, a physicist named Paul Dirac realized that his vision for the relativistic version of Schrodinger's wave equation about electrons predicted the existence of anti-electrons. Okay, that was super complicated, so let me break it down. Basically, what Dirac realized was that his version of an equation predicted anti-electrons, 
or the antimatter pair of electrons. He realized that antimatter was indeed a thing and not a figment of scientists' imaginations. They realized that antimatter was essentially the polar opposite of regular matter, and when antiparticles met their corresponding particles, the two annihilated into pure energy. Sounds exciting. In fact, this annihilation results in the formation of more particles, typically photons. So, you can think of antimatter-matter annihilations as enormous explosions with photons going everywhere and tremendous power. Now, you may be wondering, how does this whole conversation about antimatter even relate to black holes? Well, that would be a good question, but I'm here to answer this. Basically what happens is that when particles form in a universe, they always form with an antimatter pair. Sometimes, when they form on the edge of black holes, the antimatter pair falls into the black hole while the particle basically is emitted because its antimatter pair isn't there for it to annihilate anymore. And this emission of the particle is what we call Hawking radiation. Now, let's revisit the antiparticle that fell into the black hole. So what happens? The energy of the black hole goes down, or in other words, the mass of the black hole decreases, as the antiparticles have what can be visualized as a negative mass. So as the mass of the black hole lowers and lowers and lowers, as antimatter pairs keep falling in, as the black hole keeps getting tinier and tinier and tinier, and the density keeps going higher and higher and higher, finally the black hole just explodes into nothingness, just like that. No, whatever was in the black hole at this point is released, but it's already ripped apart at the molecular level. Suppose, for example, that you lose your favorite tennis shoes in a black hole and the black hole goes through years and years of Hawking radiation, and finally, the black hole expels your tennis shoes. Please don't expect them to be in the same pristine Air Force One situation that they were earlier. They're going to be ripped apart by the molecule. So it'll basically be nothing. Now, while we're wishing, we can hypothesize that in the future we're going to have some form of technology to reconstruct the original object from the molecular soup, and then yeah, you're going to get your pristine condition Air Force Ones back again. But I mean, until then, very unlikely. Well, that covers all the major things about black holes. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you learned something new. And until next time, clear skies. The Sky Simplified podcast is created, hosted, produced, and edited by Pranet Sharma. The music is by Pranet Sharma. Thank you for listening, and as always, clear skies. <laughs>